I just found this little pocket <laughs> where, these, where, where, these, where these like crates were. And I think on the crates were like, it's like McLaren had like all their vegetables or something. They took them off. So I had this, this blank pallet. And I just like laid his, his like hot stuff down there. And I'm just standing there letting it dry. I was too scared to leave it because I was like, someone's going to take this for sure. Yeah. They just see like a McLaren suit. Yeah, They're yeah. taking it. Welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. Fab, we've got a guest with us today. We have a cool guest, I believe. It, am I right in saying this is our first international guest? It is. This is our first ever international guest. That's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let him explain what he does. But it's Michael Italiano. That is me. Yeah. Thanks, that boys. Is that was a good intro. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the coolest names what ever. What a name. Yeah. What a name. Yeah. Is that um, your real name? No, it's fake. Oh. Is no, it really? No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> I just thought it was fake for a So did I. Because um, Fab was wondering, does that mean, you, are you a bit Italian? A bit, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my father is, hence, hence the surname. Oh, that makes perfect, perfect sense. Same as me. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't choose your surnames, but you know what? I'll roll with it. I'll roll with it. But you are, are you Australian? <laughs> so you're born in Australia? Correct. I was born in Australia, so I am technically Australian, but I have European heritage going back to my, my grandparents. Got you. That's yeah. really interesting. I love that we've got an Australian voice on the pod. Oh, no. We have a lot of listeners in Australia and we've never had anyone. Oh, really? really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, got, there we go. We, we have this thing where there. like, I don't know, I always do an Australian accent and I had to pledge, <laughs> I had to pledge not to do it today. Hang on. Okay. Because I, I find <laughs> a lot of my, my Brit friends think they can do an Australian accent and they do a Kiwi accent and I'm just like... Come on, guys. Oh, oh fam, you're going to have to do a, it now. You have to do it Redo yeah. our intro in, Amer- in the Australian accent. There's a fine line between it. <laughs> I don't really... That, that's... that's yeah, keep going. I don't really know if you can tell the difference between my one and, a, and, a, and whatever your friends do. Does it sound Australian? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, it's, there's, a, there's a slight weak hybrid of South African in there. Maybe. <laughs> there is but, a little bit. No, no, it's all right. There is a little bit. Um, no, I, I, I respect that. That was a good effort. Thank you. Yeah, I'll give you seven out of ten. Thank you so much. Yeah, that next means time we speak, I want to see about a nine. All right. That, <laughs> that, that means a lot coming from an actual Aussie to say that's a seven out of ten. Yeah, that was, that was decent. You don't want to hear mine, so I'll, I'll practice for the Yours next time. Yours is like a, like a mine just turns suffering everything. accent. Like, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so it's a really special guest today. Um, really, really happy you're here. Do you want to tell Thanks. the people what it is that you do? Yes, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a performance coach in F1. So I've been training at Daniel Ricciardo for the last five years. So cool. Hearing, That's big. So cool hearing yeah. the accent and hearing someone say Daniel Ricciardo. That's really big. <laughs> you guys are both Australian. Do you guys have any, before we get into like Formula One and everything that you do, do you guys have history before this? Like, did you just start working together in the F1 or did you know each other before? Yeah, so I met him when I was about, Ooh, I reckon 13. Wow. I met him through mutual friends. Um, our friend was, was a boxer and he had like a, he would train boxing every day. So I would go down to his, our local boxing gym just for fitness because I was playing um, football at the time in Australia. Aussie rules, I should say. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What and does that mean? I, by the way, I watched that and I still have no idea how they, it's just <laughs> a know, circle. You know the it? egg ball that kick in between the big sticks? Oh, like rugby. Oh, it's it's a yeah, it's kind it's, of hard. yeah. It's it's not, not. We'll, we'll explain that another day. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you some YouTube clips. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I was going there for like for fitness because boxing is great, great cardiovascular fitness and it's great for strength endurance. And Daniel was going there for fitness because at the time he was racing karting. Yeah. And so I 
I was pretty much there every day on my off season and he was pretty much there every day. So we kind of kicked it off in, in, a, in a, a local boxing gym. and uh, At 13 years old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I significantly remember him because obviously he's got these big, thick black curls. <laughs> but what I, what I do remember is, so there was a, there was a football oval um, across the road. So for warm-ups, we would run around the oval like as a warm-up yeah, just, yeah. just to get the blood flowing through the legs, go back, go in the gym and start training. He would put a helmet on and start running around the football oval. No way. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, here I am like about to warm up and I'm like, oh, like I'll, I'll jog with him, get to know him. Is this guy okay? Puts like, his head, puts his helmet on. Guy? I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> what is he trying to do? Wow. Like, oh my God. Does he realize that's not a boxing helmet? Like that's a racing helmet. And then I found out through my mate, like, yeah, no, he, he races. And I'm like, okay, like, well, what's this? What's, well, why is he doing this? And it was just a, it was pretty much just a, an old school way of strengthening your neck. Oh yeah, so I suppose, just, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was just his way of just getting an extra bit of um, strength of the neck in whilst uh, whilst training boxing. So wow, uh, that's how I remembered him. And then yeah, we, uh, we we hit it off pretty cool. And he was the type of guy in the boxing gym that would come from behind and just give you a little cheap shot and then and then run off. So. <laughs> did, did you ever fight each other in the boxing gym? <laughs> no, I was too big for him. I, uh, <laughs> I was going to say I you're a big go. guy. <laughs> I let him go. I yeah, we go. know. It's, yeah, you are a big guy because F1 drivers are quite short, aren't they? Not yeah, short, but like they're quite. He's he's on the taller side, but yeah, he's definitely like he's thin. Like I, I would say, he's definitely on the the leaner side of of most of the the drivers on the grid for sure. He's yeah. always been he's always been quite lean. Yeah, and then when you're in the boxing gym with him back then, did the friendship just evolve, and then that led to you working with him? Like, what? How did that transition period happen? To yeah, you now working with him. Yeah, it, it wasn't planned. It was just, it, and we never really discussed it. Um, I was when we first met. I was. My, my, my ambitions in life leaving school was to be, be an engineer. Yeah. So I studied civil and structural engineering and I, and I did that when I'm like civil structural, like design engineering for like seven years uh, in Perth. And I was sitting in office, just, you know, basic nine to five job. And then I had a bit of an, an epiphany moment when I was like, geez, well, I, I'll be pretty miserable if I'm still in this office in 10 years time. So I followed my passion, which was strength and conditioning and, and coaching. Um, I got I got qualified and I started you know I started my own business in Perth training like a bunch of athletes like golfers mixed martial artists footballers rugby players and during this whole time I, you know I stayed in contact with Daniel but he'd only come back for around Christmas time each year because he was he went he moved to Europe at a very early age to obviously aspire to make F1 you can't stay in Australia like and, and keep racing mm-hmm. you need to you know to go to Europe because that's yeah, where the benchmark yeah, yeah. is yeah, right yeah yeah so I'd only seen him for like a month a year and he knew I was very into my, in, into my training, my fitness. I was still playing competitively. So he'd always ring me when he'd come back. I'm like, cool, let's go for a run. Let's train. Because I was always that guy that'd say yes. Um, so, we, so we stayed in, in contact that way. And then he obviously yeah, knew what I was doing from a, from a coaching perspective. And then the end of 2017, uh, my 5am alarm went off, uh, ready for my first client at six. And I had a message from him. And it pretty much said, hey, man, uh, coming back next week. would love to have a chat to you to see if you wanted to come travel the world with me, with me next year as, as my coach. What oh, a text. Cool. Um, yeah, and uh, me being an absolute banana, I, uh, <laughs> I messaged back and I, I think I wrote something smart-ass back because I thought he was joking. Right? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was just having me on. Yeah. And uh, he's like, no, no, I'm serious. Can we grab a coffee? So, uh, yeah, so end of 2017, we sat down and he labeled what he wanted and, and, I, and I told him like, you know, a bit of my expectations on how I see things working and evolving because you know being friends is one thing but yeah, then for w- sure. working together is another Definitely. And there's, there's dynamic that, there, yeah. yeah there's always that old cliche like 
never do business with your, with yeah. your mates. But yeah. you know, like, I, I I don't like that cliche. I think I think it can definitely work as long as a million you know, percent. Yeah, like if if the communications there, you're transparent, you trust each other. I can't see why not. So uh, yeah, started in 2018. He gave me four weeks to to pack my bags and move to London. Oh, so uh, yeah, oh, wow, <laughs> so wow. It, was, it was quite a hectic uh, start of 2018. And then uh, yeah, the rest is history. So That's you bad. so you come straight from Australia to London. So are you primarily based around London? Yeah, so I've been based in London for five years now. Wow. Um, haven't started talking like you guys yet. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll pick don't, up, up soon. <laughs> and then did you have to learn everything about F1 or did you already watch Formula One? Like I'd, when Daniel said to you, come be my performance coach. At that point, did you know everything he was doing or everything going on? I started following Formula One very closely when Daniel made it. So yes, I think, he, I think by... By the time we started working together, he was already in the sport for five, six, seven years. Yeah. So yes, I, I did know a bit about Formula One, but I did uh, I did do the basics, and I was like, geez, I, I need to know a little bit about this sport because I've never trained a motorsport athlete yeah. before. So, uh, yeah, bought some books like F1 history and, <laughs> and some other basic stuff, and I'm sitting there like a little kid, uh, pretending that like I'm back in high school trying to learn learn, learn a topic, <laughs> and uh, just to get to myself up to speed. And I do. I do vividly remember the first year just being like just a big sponge. Like I, I didn't want to overcoach to a yeah. point where, you know, like I'm trying to force my coaching. I was like, hang on a second. I'm going to sit back for a lot of this year and just soak in on how you work, how you operate. Cause he'd been in the system for a while. Right. So he had, he had techniques, he had methods, he had preparation ways, ways of doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. stuff. Right. So I didn't want to just come in and just change the environment because I came in and he was already booming on the scene. So mm-hmm. he was already doing very, very well. So I was like, well, hang on. There's obviously a lot of things that you're doing right. So I'm just going to sit back for most of the year and just be a sponge. And then I'll give you my interpretation at the end of the year, what I think works well and what I think we could probably do yeah. things differently or do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he get rid of his previous coach then? And then when you come in or did the team fire their coach? or they, they, what, like they, where, where was the gap from? Yeah. So his he's previous coach, they parted ways for... I think mutual mutual reasons. I, I think his old coach was moving more into like triathletes. Okay, yeah, yeah, He was moving right. away from motorsport in general. Yeah, um, which then became which gave the position available to me. So yeah, yeah, you could say luck, you could say good timing, but I always say you create your own luck. Oh, and, without um, a doubt. If mm-hmm. I didn't if I didn't make the transition, um, I wouldn't be here today talking to you guys. So that's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of like moved to the UK, and your life's just been, I imagine, completely different to what it was like before. It was like I remember the first the first week in London, and I brought my winter clothes and I walked outside and it felt like I was just the, the wind just pierced through my <laughs> through my winter jumper and I was like this yeah. is definitely an Australian jumper right this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't ready for European weather right so I had to mm-hmm. literally go and just buy a whole new wardrobe because January and February was freezing, and uh, also like I just, I just started noticing like some basic lifestyle like differences like waking up early on the weekend and going for a walk. There's no one out. Oh like, yeah. Early mornings. Like, We're all hungover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you get up at like seven or eight and go for a walk, and there's no one on the streets. <laughs> and I'm like, geez, this is this is weird. We're like, it's like a ghost town. Yeah, yeah. Like where I'm from in, in Perth, you know, you, you you go along the coast at seven eight a.m. and it's like it's full of people. Really? Just like, yeah, just making the most of their day. But uh, so yeah, there's, it's quite it's quite cool to, like to I guess gather like the different lifestyles of like you know, in Australia and being in London. And yeah, the one thing I do love about being here is you don't need a car. No. Yeah. I just got rid of mine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which is great. I don't, I don't like driving as you know, so it's uh it's quite convenient and us Brits and uh, I say us Brits, Brits and us Aussies, 
We're very similar, right? We are very similar. Yeah, I, yeah, feel, I feel like we are. We are. I, yeah. I've always wanted to go to Australia. I feel like I'd love it there. Yeah. Never been. The it's flags been are fairly similar, I think. And yeah. Then, something like that. I, I, so I, I found it a, a pretty easy transition, to be honest. Like, mm. yeah, I think I think you get along quite well with, with, yeah. with one another. So, yeah, it's it was, it's been smooth. You just said you don't really like driving. I don't know if you know, but we had a, a guy called Brad Skeins on. He's Verstappen's performance yes. coach. He's a really cool guy. Do you know Brad? Yes. Oh well, I, I know of him obviously because he's he's in the, within the paddock. So mm. yes, we've we've met and we've had a beer together. And, and oh okay. Yeah, oh yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Next time we're there, we'll all have a beer together. Yeah. Nice. He he said he drives Max to the race. But if you don't like driving, I saw a video and it looked like Ricardo oh, drove Daniel you was to driving, the race. wasn't it? Yeah. Or was that just one video? Or do you drive him? So it's probably one video. So oh, you, okay. You, just for the video, then he drove. <laughs> was that? Was that? Did we have helmets on? I think we're in a. I don't nah, know. I no, no. It looked like a, like an after the race. He was vlog. trying to. He couldn't park it very well. He was oh, struggling yeah, he to park. park. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there are rare times where he feels like driving, but most of the time it's either myself or Blake, um, his manager, who will drive to the track. Okay. One, one less thing for him to do. Mm. Yeah. And, and to like just try and save his save his. Uh, his brain just let him rest in the back seat whilst we drive so yeah um do mclaren sort you out with a nice nice car to drive well, every race like the thing is from. everyone thinks it's like that we drive in mclaren all the time but we actually don't no. um, because there's three of us usually at a race it's me blake and dr so having a two-seater mclaren is actually it's not very, gonna work that's true, that's true and usually like you're picking up your high car at the airport so we've got luggage Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you can't actually use it <laughs> the McLaren's actually no, quite yeah. convenient <laughs> but like during Silverstone it's it's uh, it's convenient for Daniel so I think they I think he'll drive one in Silverstone and mm. um, I think during a few locations he, he gets sorted out with the, with the McLaren but unfortunately I don't get to uh, take take one for a spin it's only for Daniel use so yeah it's such a mad lifestyle you guys travel so much and we know that next year there's going to be even more races so your calendar is going to be yeah. like mad but don't do you get do you get a chance to like party and like chill like apart from on these like holidays that we have obviously in august yeah. do you get a chance like during the week to like have a, a drink or go out and party and get fucked up uh, <laughs> that's the easy way to say it yeah You're trying to get me in trouble um, <laughs> yes yeah. um yeah to answer your question yeah, yes we do um i would say you know the best time for us is usually if we fly into a particular location on the wednesday we usually do have the Wednesday night and Thursday night to, to go out for a nice meal at a nice restaurant and maybe have a glass of wine mm-hmm. or, or a beer or a, or a cocktail and just, I guess, enjoy the moment of being where we are. Yeah. Usually, you know, you can try and you can find some pretty cool restaurants at most places that we go. Um, but then from Friday onwards, it's, it's, it's you know, you're locked tw- in 12 to 14 hours at the racetrack and you're trying to get, you know, your, your, your athlete to bed as early as possible because you want them to maximize as much sleep as you can get. So, yeah. Yes, if you have a very good result that Sunday night, you'll find an extra, extra little bit of kick and, and, and you'll, you'll continue to, to kick on and maybe have a drink or whatnot. But most of the time, we, we stay sensible as a group. I, I, like to, I like to practice what I preach, right? So if, I, you know, if I'm asking Daniel to go to bed early, I'll, I'll be that role model and I'll go to bed early with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't like to be that person that... Can't tell him to go to bed and then he sees on Instagram, you're out doing Jager bombs yeah, at 3 a.m. Yeah. And then, you know, wake up in the morning, I'm smelling like tequila. So just, <laughs> like, for me, that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me. Like, you know, no. if, if you want to be a good role model, you want to be a good leader, you know, you should lead by example. So yeah. whatever Daniel, whatever I ask Daniel to do, I'll, I'll do as yeah. well. So if we're having a quiet week and it's like, no, hang on, full focus this weekend, then I'm I'm going to bed at nine, eight, nine o'clock with him and I'm waking up the same time as him. We're doing stretches in the morning. We might do some movement together in the morning, but... We'll do everything together. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. When you joined Daniel in his first Formula One year, what team was he at? Red Bull. Red Bull, yeah. One of my questions I wanted to ask you, because we completely forgot to ask Brad, and also he's only ever been at Red Bull. Yeah. What's it like going from team to team? Because you go with the driver. Yeah. But how hard is it to adjust? Like, how different is each team? Because I've seen a video where you said the hardest bits are names. Like, I'm terrible at remembering people's names as well. But how different is everyone's structure? And does, does a lot change? Or does your job stay pretty similar to the previous team, just working with the driver? I'd say my job stays pretty similar, similar, but I would say the transition, it does take time. Like, you know, you build relationships, you build familiarity with everyone and how people work, how people operate, um, understanding what language to use with, with different type of characters, of yeah. course. So, and then, so every team has different, different systems in place, you know, and then obviously you got different race engineer that Daniel has to get accustomed with very quickly. Um, that bond is very important. I don't know how much people actually understand about that bond, but that is between you two or between the, the, race, the engineer. race engineer and, yeah. and Daniel. Yeah. Um, there has to be some very strong synergies there. And, you know, so that I think the transition is harder than you think. Um, I noticed that the first move to Renault, you know, here, here I was, I was, I was very like naive. I just, thought, oh yeah, he's just going to get the car and it's going to be fine. And mm. I remember he came out of testing. He's like, Holy shit! This is this is very different, like to, to the Red Bull. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, he needed to get used to a few things. And you know, fortunately, after like four races, he, he got up to speed quite quickly. But, um, I would say it probably took us a whole year at Renault to, to really feel comfortable within that team, just because you know we're so used to the Red Bull systems. And I think yeah. you know it, there there is a, there has to be a bit of a transition period when you when you cross over to a different team. And yeah, I guess. At the end of the day, on the race weekends, it's, it's the same, right? You walk into a garage and you're there to race. It's the same same thing. But, you know, I think if you're looking deeper into the actual team itself, there, there are things that you need to work on for sure. Like it's, it's not as simple as what everyone thinks. And I guess you could probably label, you know, Daniel's transition from, from Renault to McLaren as, you know, a perfect example that sometimes it can, it can be more difficult than yeah. easy. Yeah, for sure. And with that, you know, does it get, is there ever any sort of, does it ever come between you two? Because you know each other so well. Yep. Um, you have the business working relationship, but you also have the friendship. Is mm-hmm. there any friction? If he is having a bad day, things aren't going right, does that impact how your guys, how you two are working together? Uh, yes, but when, when I say impact, I wouldn't say like, it would, I wouldn't say negatively. Mm-hmm. I would just say that's on me to understand when to put my coaching hat on. And when to put my friend friend hat on, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and that's that's where it comes to me to understand. Okay, hang on a second. Is this the time where I need to give him some coaching advice, or is this the time that I need to be a friend mm-hmm. and just be that sounding board and be that someone that he just needs to just talk to and just yeah, essentially just hang out with and just maybe just ignore the adversity that's coming. Yeah. But um, I found the first year quite challenging for that, and he was also getting used to when to take me seriously and when to not take me seriously. Yeah. And that, that's fine. I knew that was going to happen. Right. But, uh, all credit to him. Like he, he put trust in me and, uh, now, now I find it quite, I, I guess I, I quite natural when to be a coach and when to be a friend. Like it's just something that I think you pick up, you know, over time. Cause I'm, 
I'm with him so often. So he must be one of the best people to work with because he's <laughs> yeah. just such an amazing guy. Like we love his person. We got into this whole thing from Drive Survive. Nice. So when you started working with him, that's kind of when Drive Survive started first year yeah yeah so you've watched the involvement of dan he's become this he's he's already massive but he he became a true star through that show i think because it showed his personality he's great yeah yeah like he's 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 authentic he's authentic and i think that's what that's what helps that's what uh didn't jensen button say that he said that daniel's exactly the same on camera oh yeah that's what jensen said yeah oh no he is yeah Yeah. Yeah. if if you're tired and you need a quiet day you don't want to hang out with daniel because he's non-stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I did uh i did a 14 day quarantine with him uh, two years ago when we uh came back to perth and that was uh that was that was fun. Wow. <laughs> Your laugh sounded like Ricardo. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> that sounded like oh, shit. Ricardo. <laughs> I'm gonna change that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Drive Survive obviously painted an amazing picture of Ricardo and shared everything and I love all the clips. But did you see a change in the whole sport when it was all being filmed? Like, cause it hadn't really happened before. There wasn't as much cameras as there is now. But do you feel there's like way less privacy? Is there oh, a camera yeah. always in, always on everything? You have to be so careful of what's said, who sees what. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know any better because my first race was Australia 2018 and that was the first ever race Netflix started. And so they were it, just there. And it was Daniel's home race. And here I was and there was like eight cameras in his face and he just looked at oh, me and you could shit. tell I was a bit like taken back. And he's like, don't worry, they're not all like this. And I was like, okay. Uh, and they were. But they were. <laughs> they were. Probably got more. Probably yeah, got more so more. like, yeah. I think the biggest thing I've seen that Drive to Survive has done for the, for the sport is over COVID, um, especially like this year has been the biggest year that I've noticed where the sport has just transitioned immensely from a popularity perspective. Like if I'm looking back at 18, 19, yes, the events were big and popular, but now it's crazy. Like yeah. every, mm-hmm. every race is like selling out six months in advance. Like the fans at the hotels is ridiculous. Like, Oh really? Did you get mobbed? I mean, Will Daniel gets mobbed. Yeah. I just, I just, I just yeah. stand there and get, mo- get get crowded and crushed. I'm like, I'm like if in- we see you, we'll shout your name. I'm like invisible. I'm like invisible. Yeah, Daniel's we should there. go up to him and Daniel and just be like, Michael, Michael, please can you sign this? I, I won't know what to do. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, yeah, but no, it's 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 some wonders for the sport. Yeah, like it's one thing that I've noticed is 2018 heading to like Austin, for example, we could walk down Rainy Street and Sixth Street and not get noticed where uh, last year it felt like it was, our, it was our home race and it felt like I was in Australia. We literally walked down and he's getting stopped by hundreds of people wow. like instantly. So I think it's definitely built an Amer- strong American presence, 100%. Oh, from, from, in America. What I've seen in, sure. uh, even just in 18, I remember Daniel walking down in LA. You know, he's, you know we, we go to LA for some training sometimes and man, we could walk along LA a whole week and not get noticed. Now he, he can't leave his house without that getting noticed yeah. so like it has it's been a i've seen a big transition for sure since netflix so he's got a, a house in la yeah he lives in la that, that's where he is, is that where he is now, now? yeah yep, just enjoying some sun yeah so, good on him how are you working with him right now like what have you like sent him something today send him a do some sit-ups or like a yeah. couple of star jumps yeah. he's like oh, going on this shit podcast <laughs> yeah, like, today so i can't send you anything until later on <laughs> Yeah, he's actually, he's actually he's actually listening right now. Um, yeah, we were saying, imagine he turns up with Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to sit over here. and <laughs> I could put him on the sim, actually. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, when that'd they're ready, really yeah, 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 yeah. Just um, pick, put him in your bag and bring him around. Yeah. No, but usually I just send him like an online program. So I'll send him some programming. And, 
usually uh, sometimes we'll do like a, a Zoom session together and sometimes I'll give him a program and I'll just say, hey, that's what you got to do. You know what you got to do. Do this. I'll check in every day to make sure that everything's all good. Um, because he's because he's very experienced now and he's a senior driver, I can put trust in him. I, I know he's a professional. I know he'll do it. Um, if it was a younger driver, I'd probably be a little bit more strict and maybe jump on the Zoom every every day and make sure that yeah. they're doing it. But yeah, I, I know Daniel is 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 good like that, and he, he holds himself in in high regard, and he's very professional like that. So I can send him a program. He does his thing, and uh, yeah, we just we just keep tab. I just keep tabs on him to make mm. sure everything's going smoothly. So when you guys are aren't apart, is he is he in London with you, and you train together on a one to one basis? Yeah, so he'll come to UK when he has to do some sim sim work um, at McLaren in working. So uh, when he's in the UK, yes, we will train together for sure because I'm here. Mm. Um, other weeks, I will fly to Monaco because um, he's he's technically mainly based in monaco that's what we that's what brad does with max as well correct yeah so sometimes we'll 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 run past which i found insane by the way because the guy's literally flying to monaco every week and i know it's only what an hour and a half on a a plane or something but i mean we don't like flying anyway we fucking hate flying flying because (laughs) we thought we were going to crash on our last flight we got hit by lightning it was crazy a plane got hit by lightning yeah yeah. and at the time i know it doesn't mean anything but at the time it it was like the biggest we were just sat on the plane and he had his headphones on and i was just sat there in dead silence looking forward coming into landing and just bang from the inside of our plane like sounded like an explosion in our plane like everyone was like looking around people were crying (laughs) we don't really want to fly anymore sparks going out the side of the plane i I was absolutely shitting myself i don't don't want to fly anymore is it was there any damage that you know to the plane? Was it? No, I don't know. They, they actually they can absorb the lightning that they're built to absorb it. But at the time, you don't really realise what's going on. Yeah, of course. and then they started playing all the all that. You know, the exits are here, here. In the and event here. of an evacuation, you're we're like, and all we're the like, and all what? the stewardess people. You know, they like the people that come and do the seatbelt and that. They just kept walked along and they were picking up everyone's stuff, just putting it straight in, not even asking, like picking up bags, putting yeah. them in the whole. Like, He's freaking out the whole time. I'm just jamming out to the on. Foo Fighters. Like this is sick. What's going on? But I could listen <laughs> to everyone know. like crying and oh, it's horrible. Oh no! I would have completely yeah. freaked out. I think. <laughs> yeah, it was horrendous. Oh wow! Okay. And now we've got to fly next month because we're going out to the Dutch Grand Prix, which is going to be nice. exciting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That's, that's, that's a the first really, place. That's a really, really cool race. I, I was, we, I was, we can't wait. I was very impressed with uh, with Zandvoort's um, GP last year. For what, what reason? Um, the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. The, the Dutchies are—they're they're crazy, man. They're—they're—they're they're so, they're super passionate. So yeah. like, they just—they just bring a cool vibe to to the race and. I do recall their DJ being really good. Oh yeah, I think I think Armin van Buren was playing, so like he, he had okay. some really cool beats and like he got the crowd involved and it was uh it was it was just a good atmosphere all around. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it gonna be a great me. one. Hmm. What's a race weekend like for you, start to finish? And we got a load of stuff out of Brad, and I don't want to ask you the same questions, but I want to put a few of them on you and see whether it's the same thing. Like sure. he says, he takes Max's race suit and does all of that, and he washes it. And everything. Do you wash Daniels? No. No, no, you don't. So, so Brad does wash Verstappen's. Zach Brown does it. Oh, does he? So, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Zach takes it. <laughs> uh, no, the the team does it. So, I, uh, okay. I, I put it in a laundry bag, and one of the one of our team members uh, get it laundered. And they actually bring it back to the track, and it's all nicely folded and clean. Oh, I've, I've actually bought Brad. They're trying right to save there, a bit of money here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do remember at Red Bull, I was doing the laundry. So oh, that, really? So that, that, that's obviously a process at Red Bull. Yeah, I was doing the laundry. I've actually got a funny laundry story about McLaren, but yeah. Yeah, go on. You got to tell it now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just say that I mean, and then not say yeah, it. Yeah, it's got to be said. <laughs> so essentially, 
uh, every race weekend I get I get his race suit and his unders and it's all like there's, there's five pairs of them right because Un- unders like so sorry um he's um undies yeah, well, he's like so he's got his, his fire resistant unders and then he's got his actual his race suit on oh, top okay. of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So usually we get five pieces of each because there's five sessions during the week. So he has a fresh set yeah. every session. And that way then I don't have to laundry anything. Everything just goes into a into a dirty bag. Yeah. And yeah. They deal with the sweaty mess at the end <laughs> of the race. Um, for some reason, I can't remember, I think it was Miami, we had we only had four. So I made a reminder to myself that, okay, after Saturday qualifying, I need to bring one back and wash it so he has a clean set for the race tomorrow. Um, me just being completely, <laughs> probably probably just in the moment of Miami or how crazy it was. Yeah, yeah. I forgot it. <laughs> so I rocked up Sunday and I've just walked into the room and I've seen the dirty stuff and I've just gone, oh shit. <laughs> like, How do I break it to my driver that he's going to wear this sweaty, stinky outfit? <laughs> just for breezes. Yeah, like, I don't know if you remember, Miami was hot. So like yeah. this stuff was still wet. So I remember like grabbing it and like walking down to the kitchen and like the sun, because we were in a stadium, remember, right? So like I couldn't find anywhere like to, to dry it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going like in the center of the stadium where the where the kitchens were, and the sun had just peeped through, and I just found this little pocket <laughs> where, these, where, where these where these like crates were, and I think on the crates were like it's like McLaren had like all their vegetables or something. They took them off, so I had this this blank pallet, and I just like laid his, his like hot stuff down there. And I'm just standing there letting it dry. I was too scared to leave it because I was like, someone's gonna take this for sure. Yeah. They just see like a McLaren suit. Yeah, yeah. They're taking it. Oh, I'd be taking it. Yeah, straight. yeah. yeah. So I'm just standing there and people are like walking past like what are you doing and I'm like uh, drying his clothes <laughs> <laughs> so uh, unfortunately Daniel had to race in a very sweaty outfit uh, how did you break it to him what did he say uh, to be fair he was I actually, bet he was alright about it he was actually he was alright like, oh, about mate, it. don't worry about <laughs> it. I, mean, I, I felt sorry for whoever was standing next to him at the national anthem because he would have stunk <laughs> and post race it was even worse but uh, yeah that's probably uh, that was definitely on me I feel really bad so I'll make sure that uh, I, I put like an alarm or something if that ever happens again so yeah. I don't uh, I don't forget to launder his that's great because that was actually probably one of our questions the same thing we asked Brad the same thing have you ever like messed up something for max on the day so have yeah. you ever done anything apart from the race suit like what did brad say he basically he, he yeah he did something on the visor or oh, he didn't take the inside film off oh, i've visor. done that really yeah i've done that my bad um whoa 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 hold up now guys we really hope you're enjoying the pod so far with michael however that is the end of part one we're bringing you a part two today we're going to make it an easier listening experience we know not everyone has the time so we thought we'd break it up part one part two exactly you might be on your lunch break right now you might be you might be doing something you might be in the middle of a hectic moment and you think i love this podcast so much (laughs) but i just need five minutes to do something and i'm going to promise you as soon as you play part two the very first thing you hear is going to make you laugh. So go over there right now, on your way, rate the podcast five stars, because I know it's going to be right in front of you. It's right there. Click the follow button and enjoy part two. Let's have it. Roll the music. On your way, click five stars. It's right there. Click five stars and click follow. Thank you. Powered by Spirit Studios.